Welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name is Kevin. And my name is Daniel. And this is episode 101. Take him to school, Daniel. Teach him how to be the true gamer. It's fall. School's in session, but only virtually. Only virtually. So get your computers, get your Zoom sessions going, and we're taking you to school. It's very unsafe. Kids <laughs> like to, like, open mouth hack whenever they cough. Like, 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 like the fucking Dilophosaurus from Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and everyone else is Nedry. <laughs> <laughs> They're going right after him, man. Except the teacher. They mm. not only have a mask, they have a face shield to, to block it out completely. The they, teachers are the only ones that are safe. They look like an umpire yeah. <laughs> going into work. Yeah, it's terrible times. Terrible times. Man, 2020. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> always laughing at us. Always laughing at Fucking us. Fucking 2020. I will say I am stoked. Yeah. Uh, speaking of like school being in session, like that, that it's fall again. Cool. Uh, it, it actually feels like fall is coming to the PNW. The rain has returned to its daily cadence of about like the Pacific Northwest. Two hours of, of rain per day. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's been nice. raining like crazy. It's nice. The I cool can leave breeze. the windows open. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But I get this weird streak of like fall allergies, which I'm mm. not used to having. I'm used to spring allergies, totally normal. Summer? piece of cake yeah fall, what is this new hybrid allergy i'm experiencing i, I don't know i get this yeah. thing called fall aggro where i just get like very just angry yeah like throughout the fall and i want to just kind of like hit cars and stuff mm. like you, you remember in um what was it yeah yeah street fighter 2 where you had to beat up a car mm. there's a bonus round beat the shit out it did you never do this oh you no i beat remember up a car yeah, in yeah. street fighter 2 i remember how long you tell me the story Oh, okay, well, you, I, I want to beat up cars and <laughs> smash them until they're in flames. I feel like only you, in the fall. What do you call it? The the fall fall. What did you? What's it called? The fall, fall aggro? aggro. Yeah, I feel like the the fall aggro only really happens in person. I don't mm-hmm. think it's happening anymore. So like driving in the in the fall winter rain spell all of that that was the worst people were driving like idiots and then i wanted to beat a fool up but now i don't mm-hmm. see people anymore so i'm just kind of like man whatever so what do you beat up myself no <laughs> we got to lift ourselves up and beat down others wait does that make sense that doesn't make sense that'll make sense going <laughs> in 2021 sure trust me on this one <laughs> now daniel speaking of going to school mm-hmm. we're going to try to practice the one thing that we have never learned as being two white boy podcasters for the last four years we're gonna do an hour episode impossible we're gonna do an hour episode they said said it couldn't be done we're getting right into it is this gonna be a land speed record for us it's gonna be a landslide. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do want to say on that note of saying, like you know, a hundred or more episodes. Uh, thank you to everybody who came out last week and watched us live on Twitch. That was that was a fun dealy. That getting was to do a live episode for you guys. People seem to enjoy it. Generally, discuss video games at the end and, and take your caller questions mm. and talk your game of the year so far. That that was great. Thank you guys for being there. Thank you guys for listening for all these years. It's been a pleasure having you. We looked awful. We did. I watched the vod. I can't. It, it looked won't. like I had melted in the sun. <laughs> we look very... Pa- yeah, we look like melted ice cream these days. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't seen the sun in probably six full months. I don't honest. need it. The sun has betrayed me. It's, gonna, it's like 10 Cloverfield Lane in this apartment. <laughs> oh, we, God. We don't need it. The outside world's dangerous, Daniel. I've been Wait, telling you. Where's John Goodman? One of us is John Goodman. <laughs> we have to decide who. And the cat is Mary Elizabeth Winston. No, the cat is the other guy. He's the, the yeah. which one? Um, he didn't there was a the third person. He had a hat. Yeah, Eli, I think his name Eli. was. Eli. Yeah, he was good. He, he, tried, good movie. he tried to save her. 
That's true. That is true. <laughs> and that's how you don't do an hour episode. There we go. Well, Kevin, you put together a banger. We, we want to get in hard, get in fast. Really hard, dude. Bring me the news, man. But first, if you didn't know who we were or are and will continue to be, we're The Save Room, the only podcast not sponsored by Elgato, even though I bought two items from Elgato. Mm. Weird? Isn't that weird? It's a little weird. I feel like the rest of the things I get should be free. And I'll, and I'll be like, El Gato, the cat for you in games. Or whatever the, whatever the fuck their stupid slogan is, right? Well, I don't know what their slogan is. I honest. don't think they have a slogan, but it yeah. should be, the cat for you in games. <laughs> well, you can catch us in SoundCloud.com slash The Save Room Show or Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, some other shit. Mm. I honestly, I'm not going to keep track. I'm not going to say Stitcher. You can get fuck Stitcher. Fuck all of them. Hey. I don't give a shit. I don't even remember their stupid names. Steven Stitcher's like listening from the ivory tower he's on right now. And he's like, those fucking save room boys did it again. Third strike. (laughs) They're out. Get him out of here. (laughs) And what is Podbean? What the fuck is a Podbean? Is that for ASMR podcasts? Ooh. No, they do those on Twitch. They do those. Sonic the Hedgehog. (laughs) Somebody just got tingles right there. Save room now coming in whisper mode. Oh, we'll come all right. We'll come all right. And. And. And you can find us on Twitch. <laughs> you can find us on Twitch, uh, me at twitch.tv slash the red herb. Or you can find my good friend Daniel at twitch.tv slash dungeons and Daniels. Yep, those are the places you can find us being pasty, dumpy white boys. Yeah, people have been watching my VODs like crazy for mm-hmm. no reason. Yeah, they've been creeping on your Alien Isolation VOD, your Tales yeah. of Berseria VOD. Berseria, sir. One more time? Tales of Berseria. Sorry, I don't have the, 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 the Tales bird. tongue. <laughs> That's a good game. Yeah, we don't need to get into it. It's a good game. We'll get into it eventually when we yeah, yeah. inevitably do another plays. But yeah, mm-hmm. you've been playing a lot of games over there. I'm playing... That's like a forever statement. Yeah. What are you like? <laughs> have you been playing a lot of games? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash the red herb is like a variety stream. Like sometimes you're doing news, sometimes you're reading, sometimes you're doing uh, watch alongs. So you never know what it is. Watch movies, play games. Yeah, Yeah, we just do whatever we need to. For this Save Room Saturday, we're going to try and do. Double Dragon? Uh, Double Dragon. Double Dragon! Yes! Yes, the original film! To to, to fuel that that need to punch cars and punch people. Fuck yeah, dude. Oh, dude, they wear these slick-ass outfits. I wish for Halloween we can wear their outfits, where it's like the red and blue ones. It's these weird, funky ninja blazers. We could wear them. That look like they have scales. We need to order them. When we do our save room virtual hangout this year because we're doing yeah. it we're doing it silent for Halloween. disco silent disco uh we can dress up as the dragon boys what are their names uh <laughs> dragon on <laughs> i don't know yeah. they have names um <laughs> they probably do they probably do um otherwise you can find us on twitter at save room show usually just retweeting stuff so yeah just, just doing our thing yeah now sir for the news, I have six items for you. Oh. Okay. And a lot of them are based out of Tokyo game shows going on this weekend. Mm. We're getting some good news from Tokyo. Okay. Including number one on here. Near Replicant has a Western release date. The previously announced remaster of the original Near game titled Near Replicant version 1.22474487139 ellipses will release for PS4, PC and Xbox One on April 23rd. Can I ask is that actually the title or were you playing a joke? No, that's actually the fucking wow. title. Yeah, one of the DLCs <laughs> the for Automata had a had a version number that was gigantic for it as well. Fuck it's it. like it's a it's a Yoko Taro Yoko, joke. Come on, dude. It's pretty fucking funny though. <laughs> like that's the official title that they have to put on like msrps <laughs> and shit it's 
it's so good. Anyway, that's coming out April 23rd, 2021. Now, while Western audiences got near in 2010, the alternate version, Near Replicant, never made it to our shores. What's the difference? Well, the game is set many, many years before Near Automata. Director Yoko Taro can't actually remember if it's hundreds or thousands of years before. Near was changed for its Western release to feature a father searching for a cure to his daughter's illness. Near Replicant is about a boy searching for a cure to his sister's illness. Apparently, uh, Square Enix... U.S. didn't think that would track for some reason. Weird. They're like, yeah, hey, this was even before The Last of Us in 2013. So it's like, dads and games weren't big yet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're on the cusp. It just seems so weird that a boy would search for his sister's illness over a father searching for his daughter's. Well, we're, we're getting the boy <laughs> okay. in, in this new edition. All right. No fathers for you, sir. Oh, fuck. Okay? I, love the, I love a video game daddy. <laughs> <laughs> video game dads. As for its connections to Automata, Taro explained on the PlayStation blog, quote, It takes place far into the future from the time we live in. There, a young girl falls ill to this sickness, the black scrawl, that causes these black letter-like things to show up on your body, and her older brother has to save her. Then a lot of things happen. Then it eventually connects to Automata. But there's just so much that goes on that it's impossible to explain it all here. So if you could just think of this as a brand new title that is totally unrelated, <laughs> end quote. I will. <laughs> he just really wants you to not, like, give a shit about the lore connections at all. People get so, like, hung up on lore that it just, like, ruins the whole experience. That's their whole thing. Yeah. They fucking need to do fan theories and subreddits about it. And, like, you have a creator going, I don't even give a shit yeah. about how this connects to my own games. They're still gonna do it, though. Like, <laughs> people are gonna be people about it. Yeah, that's true. Now, Near Replicant is receiving a deluxe edition dubbed the Snow White edition. Looks which, cool. <laughs> yeah, it does look cool. Which comes with a steelbook case, some pins, a CD soundtrack and a seven volume set of the game's recording script it's really strange hmm. but uh based on the japanese price it's likely going to be about 200 bones out here in the u.s for you for your near heads really i'm looking at the uh the square enix north american market it looks like a 160 160 yeah. that's a steal of a deal you yeah. want to get it snow white honestly i don't have much skin in the near game what yeah. you're not close to near <laughs> i'm sorry great father holy yoko uh i am a to be believer for sure right. i believe in that booty i believe in her her journey but her little that's... shelf her little oh, thigh God. shelf i could put i could hang my whole future on that booty it's called the zatai that little, little oh the thigh shelf the little yeah, skin yeah. poke at oh. the end of a. Uh... Oh. What do you call them pantyhose uh yeah thigh highs thigh highs uh, little yeah. thigh high shelf zatai I, yeah, I can't justify spending $160 on a series that I've not played a full game from. Mm -hmm. no, <laughs> that's I still need to finish Automata at least once. My copy of Automata that yeah. I've been yeah. eyeballing because I'm just like, fuck, dude, I want to beat it. It's somewhere <laughs> I want to play here. it again. I'm excited for this. I'm going to pick up Replicant probably yes. right away. I'm excited for the game. I'm not going to mm. lie about that. It looks like a very well-done remaster, mm -hmm. too. Like, it's not a remake, it's a remaster, mm -hmm. but it's a beautiful remaster, nonetheless. Yeah. I was looking at the character designs and everything for it, and, like, I that's the one thing I could always kind of praise Nier for, is having, like, beautiful, like, world rendering and character and world designs as a whole. It's just yeah. like, wow, those characters look really fucking cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it looks so interesting, and, yeah. like, I'm the same way. I don't really care how it connects to Automata. Mm -mm. I understand that it's Nier, and the components are great character design, great world, and fucking awesome music. Mm -hmm that's kind of like melodramatic and somber but just so caring oh it's all over yeah. the place like whoever that composer is like they're a genius yeah absolutely so i'm i'm excited for this this mm. was this was cool i was waiting i was like when, when is this fucking coming when is this happening no ps5 mention 
no, no Xbox One. Come on. But why would it need to be, right? That's true. It's a, it's already remastered. Yeah. It's the fine. thing you were kind of bummed about is like the fact that you're you want would like to see Automata have like sort of an upgrade for PS5. But yes. Like nothing has been breathed of it yet. I thought they were going to announce that, and I thought it would be pretty rad, especially to get people to drive back to near, mm-hmm. but. It's fine. With all this love for the Nier series, it mm-hmm. almost seems like a foregone conclusion that they're going to keep on doing it. Probably. Although, uh, Yoko Taro is one of those eccentric creators where it seems like he would be like, no, Automata was the last one forever. I'm out of games. <laughs> yeah. Out of I, ideas. I collect bottles. <laughs> like, that's his life now. And it's like, fuck. Damn it. And then he's like, I'm going to write a book. <laughs> or this will get a audio book sequel 30 years from yeah. now it's gonna be split across seven books right and there's one missing one that we won't have mm-hmm. released until his death yeah. until yoko taro's death yeah but you have to get his his death b ending it's not his a ending right like his his death has variations too right right <laughs> depending on what you did at the end of dragon guard 3 yeah. <laughs> we'll determine how he dies well what is your kind of history with Nier? i know uh, we, we talked pretty feverishly about Automata when it came out. Was that the only one that you had really ever played, or had you as played far like, as Dragon Guard or anything else? Oh, oh, oh. Well, as far as Nier goes, I've only uh, ever played Automata, mm-hmm. but I did play Dragon Guard 1 or Dragon Guard, whatever mm-hmm. you want to say, it doesn't matter. It's things are things. Uh, part 1 I played on PS2 a long time ago. Okay. I never got around to Part 2, even though I hear it was way better. Mm-hmm. And then 3 was an odd one because it was kind of hard to get. It came out on PS3, but it's supposedly the best of all three. Mm. And that one, I want them to remaster that shit. But Drakengard hasn't come back in any sort of big way. And if they were to do it, they would be like, oh, in the world of Nier, or yeah. some shit like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, it would be Nier Drakengard, or, or something. Like Nier X Drakengard, kind of do yeah. like a crossover event. I could see it. Yeah, I, see I, it. I do want to play those, um, like, modern... Like, that's the thing. I'm interested in going back and seeing how they maybe connect or at least thematically connect as far as like hey how does this inform near as a game you know what i'm saying but i don't want to go back to play some old ass shit <laughs> i'm sorry dude no we've had a strong history lately of games just kind of being like ported or like lightly remastered and just being like oh well doesn't really hold up in a visual sense or a mechanical sense what like metal gear solid uh, well i was gonna say the mario games uh for the the super mario all-stars collection. oh the 3d but, collection yeah you don't think they hold up Nah. So, some of they tried to like give it like a cool like modern sheen and like update the controls mm. for Switch, but some of it feels very dated. If anything, it scratches a hard nostalgia itch for me. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Well, they did. Um, uh, apparently, Metal Gear Solid One and Two are on GOG.com mm-hmm. right now, and they are the bare bones ports of the originals game. Yep. Like not even the remastered one they did for Part Two for Substance, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Part One is still just Part One, ugly ass PS One Part One. What is Substance? Is that just kind of the extended version of Sons of Liberty? Or yeah, we, yeah, oh. uh, essentially, <laughs> where they just had extra content, and I believe Solid Snake could could skate. Oh, could Solid skate that was good okay let me give you a light clap for that one it's a good one well anyway near near yeah <laughs> i'm excited for it that's all i gotta say uh and i i gotta just gotta go back and finish uh, automata because i'm not doing my friends justice <laughs> i've let down you i've let down vargi chelsea sure. all the people who really love near i just want to play it again i yeah. don't care what you do okay well do you no, it's mine. Give me back my game. <laughs> Give me my copy. <laughs> Number two. More Japanese games for you. 
number two, Final Fantasy 16 may be ready to release as early as 2022. Though 2021 feels like this vast, unknowable stretch of darkness where any horrible thing can and will happen if it replicates even half of what 2020 inflicted on us. 2022, on the other hand... <laughs> Might end up being pretty cool, dude. Yeah, could be yeah. cool video games. Could be really great, yeah. yeah. Especially since the just-revealed Final Fantasy 16 may release that year. Interesting. We'll On a recent episode of the podcast Triple Click, Bloomberg's own Jason Schreier indicated that the new entry, produced by the beloved Yoshi P. Yoshi P. May my heart be with Yoshi P. Has been in development for a while. Now, his quote, Schreier's quote, was... I've heard from people who are familiar with the game's development that it's actually been in development for at least four years in some capacity, so it's coming sooner than people think. End quote. Do you believe it, Daniel? Uh, that it's been in development for some capacity for four years? <laughs> some capacity. Yes, because that's been every Final Fantasy yeah. game since 13 at this point. That's true. <laughs> like, that true. there were three separate Final Fantasies that had been incepted in 2006 with that first, like... Final Fantasy 13 trailer. So yes, the, I believe this has been an idea for four years. Sorry, what is it called again? <laughs> the the Nova Crystallis yes. Phallus trilogy or whatever? Yeah, yep. okay. So still, Square Enix doesn't want to get anyone's hopes up just yet. In Yoshi's words, quote, Though we're pouring our hearts and souls into this project each and every day, it may still be some time before we can get it into your hands. However... I promise it will be worth the wait. End quote. Cool. Well, well, thank you for those kind words, Yoshi P. Yoshi P. Um, I think if if we do get it, we get it at the very end of 2022. You think so? Yeah. At the end, of I would year? say like November or December. I would say likely. I, I would yeah. say even like Final Fantasy invented game delays, so like <laughs> I, I I I would not be surprised that it gets like sho- shoveled out, right? Yeah, but that was mm. just Nomura and Katase. He doesn't know how to do P, anything. Yoshi P's on another wavelength. He's going to get the shit out, like, on time. Yoshi no P delays. reinvents games yeah, there that, you go. that come out bad. <laughs> That's what he does. I, Hopefully I, he doesn't have to do this for his own game. True. <laughs> I, I would be shocked, and I will probably have my foot in the mouth, my mouth the entire time for this one, because I always think, or hope, rather, that Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to come out before any next installment Final Fantasy Ooh. game. But Ooh. this might prove it. Ooh. This, I, maybe this does come out before then. Do you think so, though? Do you think so? I don't know. I actually really... I, I, I legit, legitimately don't know. Yeah, there's no way to know. What if they come out the same fucking year? Would that be too much? Well, that'd be insanity. <laughs> like what? Like, like book end the year? Like one one comes out like in the uh, like April, spring May. or April yeah. area, the one in the fall? It's something that Capcom would do all the time with Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, "There's gonna be four games this year." Yeah, like, but never what? like major installments. Like they've been right. they've been piecemealing them like once a year, which has been mm-hmm. good, and then having kind of like stuff in between. Yeah, I think we need. Yeah, we definitely need to walk away from the idea that it's just a simple like remake. No, mm-hmm. it's a totally new fucking game that's wearing the skin of Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. So like, it's still gonna take time to bake but yeah. i i am curious like are we gonna see something next year to indicate anything or is it gonna be one of those surprise like yo remake seven's a 2021 dealy that would be too much to hope for i know a year apart that's fucking crazy yeah i don't know about that that's crazy <laughs> but, but i think we get them two years apart that's me being hopeful i know okay. other people are probably like no sit, sit on your hands it's gonna be another four years it is different teams working on it though but exactly that's like the only thing that can give us hope to like okay well one remake already has the basis of what the mechanics are mm-hmm. cool so they don't have to like invent something from the ground up for part two mm-hmm. 
two different team headed by different director working on different things, right? Mm-hmm. So 16, we already know, has been in development and is being operated on by, uh, what is the Business Unit 3? Because mm-hmm. Japan has very imaginative names for their fucking different dev units, right? Yeah, very homey. I, I want to say that name around <laughs> my friends. Did you know that the, the guys that work on the primary Resident Evil games are just called Dev 1? <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> they, they, we don't have great colorful names out there in Japan. No. <laughs> Like, they're probably just naming the different parts of the office. <laughs> exactly, yeah. They're like, okay, this is our upper floor. This is business three. Hey, who made Kingdom Hearts? Uh, buy the bathroom. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, I would be excited. I, But at the same time, take your sweet time on this game. Mm-hmm. Make it good, man. Don't make it a 15 where all we're talking about is like, eh, it's kind of hollow. We didn't ask for your thoughts on 15, Alexa. But it seemed like 15 ended up having a bunch of patches and subsequent content that made it way better than what you and I played in 2016. Yeah, that, that's fair. But we didn't go back to it after that point. Like, Not we, really. we tried to. We played like episode Gladio like well after the fact. <laughs> that's true. That's the only one I played. <laughs> was like, ooh, we need that Monster Hunter fix. But yeah. this isn't quite doing it. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to see 16 have to go through this like, ah, almost, but, you know, come back in a couple months. And... <laughs> I, I gotta wonder, like, the scale of it, to be honest. I mean, mm. a, a lot of the quickness of its development could just be easily, it's okay, they've been working with an established engine. I know, what is it, Project, like, Althea, what's that game called? I, I forget the name no of that. No one knows. That's in a new engine altogether. It so needs they, a better name. Yeah, so they've definitely been working, like, in an engine that they know and probably have been working with, like, the groundwork with for a while at this point um in terms of scale though like i i feel like in terms of of gameplay like i feel like we're only really getting one main character like i don't think there's gonna be a full ass party for some reason i I, that trailer led me to believe that like you're probably gonna control this one character there's gonna be a rotating cast of like comrades that help you out but in terms of like the open world like i feel like maybe we do get something like 15 where there's like still kind of linear segments and then like maybe pockets of open world Mm. along the way yeah, the, which is fine. Yeah. I didn't think those things were bad about 15. I, I think that a lot of it was just repetitive. It was yeah. just like, hey, there's a field out there with some gazelle-looking beasts. Kill them. And then you would turn in the mission and it goes, hey, there's a field out there with gazelle-looking beasts. Part two. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck, yeah. no. They've returned. God. Shit. They're attacking the chocobos. <laughs> Looks like you didn't get that nest knocked. <laughs> like, it got boring, yeah. right? That's fair. Give me, give me like, more interesting side quests and such, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with a little more story flavor to them instead of just, like, kill quest let me know what's a kill quest versus just like this mm-hmm. might actually have a story behind yeah, it i would almost like be cool if they didn't do like the standard like here's your 60 mission beast hunt thing that you're gonna do throughout mm-hmm. the entire game maybe just do something cooler maybe, yeah maybe do more real than like side quests like that we've seen with uh more recent open world games like horizon and and ghost i feel like they do their side questing in very healthy doses and in yeah. ways that kind of like elevate the story and it's not just like kill 17 bandit camps just because i mean they had those obviously as like filler content, but like the side quests like were more substantial. Yeah, I still want my dungeons though. I thought oh, that's something yeah. that fifteen did really well. The dungeons mm-hmm. were fucking awesome. Oh yeah. Um, well, especially if you're gonna play in this like dark fantasy landscape world. Yes. Yeah, dungeons would fit in nicely. Dungeons. Oh my god. Oh man, but apparently we won't see more of this game until next year, hmm. which is fine. Makes sense, but. Like Tokyo Game Show next year, or probably like a Square Enix presser along the way. Uh, Yoshi P did not, he didn't let me know. I texted him. He didn't him. let you know. I texted him and he was just like, it's 2021, man. Sorry. That's like, all we got for like, you. That's all we got. 2021. I'm just like, that's a lot of year, dude. Win 2021. Which month? Which day, Yoshi? Yeah. And he was like, that's all I got for you, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. I'm excited, though. I want to see actual, like, hard in the paint 
uh, gameplay demonstration so we mm-hmm. can kind of figure out like what is this thing that you were obviously just showing me like kind of scatter shot mm-hmm. in, instead of you know here's a full depth yeah I wonder how much of that actually ends up in the final product too of what we're seeing now mm-hmm. it looked pretty fucking baked dude mm-hmm. this, that didn't look like alpha like I mean yeah it's probably early state but it didn't yeah. look like one of those things where oh th- like Final Fantasy 15 we're gonna change the look of this kind mm-hmm. of like that's, as time goes that's forward fair. it seems like it's pretty set yeah <laughs> That'd be interesting if this was, like, the most put-together Final Fantasy we had at release that didn't have, like, a crazy, like, you know, transformative development cycle. Right, like or change the story entirely yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. There were cutscenes. There was gameplay and action and engine, all that. So, yeah, yeah we'll see. But, yeah, like, I would like to see a more extensive tech demo and then... I don't know, even have, like, a playable demo at some point. That's usually the proof with, like, Square games. Like, yeah, okay. they, they're good about releasing demos for, for even Final Fantasy, surprisingly. I remember thirteen had a demo. Mm-hmm. Thirteen two had a demo. Oh, no, I remember the 13 13 2 demo, did sure. a demo I played. 15 had a demo that had nothing to do with the gameplay, really. I was confused. Yeah, was... I'm still trying to figure out how that fucking relates to the game. That first one, I forget what it was called. Um, and then they had one that was basically it, yeah. but whatever. We'll, well see. Yeah, the first one is like you're just hanging out with a carbuncle the entire time. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> Carbuncle's quest. <laughs> I can't find that demo. I, I feel like it was a fucking dream that didn't happen. <laughs> it was the weirdest shit, dude. Fuck. Didn't, didn't Kingdom Hearts 3 have a demo that was like, oh, this isn't actually in the game? And it was like, what? Yeah. Did it? There was a there was a Kingdom Hearts 3 demo. No, unless I I unless it's that. another Square Enix dream. <laughs> all you do, like, you, you think you played the demo and you wake up, it's gone, and all that's next to you is like a chocobo feather in, in your bed. You're like, what happened? Did I imagine this? <laughs> Quay! <laughs> Number three. <laughs> Sega is developing a live-action film based on Yakuza. Wow! Wow! Gideon! There we go. I had to get one in there. Yeah? Emboldened by that Sonic the Hedgehog money, Sega is eager to keep porting its IP to the silver screen. Variety reports that 1212 Entertainment and Wild Sheep Content are developing a feature film based on the long-running Yakuza games and are currently looking for a writer and a director in case you're not busy. Uh I can only do one of those things. Okay, well, choose. 1212 Entertainment has a short list of credits including 2019's adaptation of scary stories to tell in the dark so obviously they're a perfect fit (laughs) the production company believes sega's second best-selling series will easily translate to the screen for global audiences here's a big quote from them yakuza offers us a new playground in which to set compelling stories with complex characters in a unique environment that audiences have rarely seen before the saga of kazuma kiryu has a built-in cinematic appeal a mix of kinetic action with bursts of comedy multiple converging storylines and a gripping journey towards redemption end quote sounds like uh, perfect for a tv show yeah not, not really a movie there guy <laughs> anyway Though this is the first time Hollywood has tried to adapt the games, in 2007, famed Japanese director Takashi Miike released Like a Dragon, a film loosely based on the PS2 original. Apparently it's not good. <laughs> you haven't seen it? <laughs> I have not seen it. Chelsea won't let me watch it without her. Wow, okay. Uh-huh. We gotta honor your friendship then. Uh-huh. She, she, I think she owns it. I don't own it. I have no way of owning it. <laughs> like, you can't stream it. Oh, is that an it. import? Um, I probably mm. Pro- like, I think, I think it's like a bootleg. You I can't see. get it officially. <laughs> um, I've seen the trailer for it. It's ridiculous. And it has a plot that doesn't seem to have anything to really do with the games. Mm. But what's the rating for that movie? For some reason, I can't find it. Like, is it rated R? 
Yeah, like a dragon Yakuza. Yeah, the 2007 one. Um, I think it's it's probably rated R. Okay. Yeah. Well, Yakuza coming to the the big screen, the silver screen. Wow. I know a lot of people had headcanon for uh, Paul Rudd as Kiru and uh, what Nicholas Cage as Majima. <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> I've seen the shops. Yeah. Wow. Are you thinking to go there? Yeah. No, so that's, that's a big question. Hollywood is doing it, but are, it feels like it needs to still be set in Japan. Oh yeah, undoubtedly. Are we going to have Japanese actors speaking English? I think that's the right way to do it, honestly. I feel like in... Like, I'd, I'd rather that than see, like, Ryan on Reynolds as, like, fucking Kazuma Kira. Oh, no, that's not where yeah, I'm going. Yeah. I don't think we should recast anybody or try to make this, like, an American story. What no. the fuck? It's called Yakuza, exactly. you idiots. Anyway. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. What I'm trying to say is that in a post-Parasite world, I think we can still have a Yakuza Hollywood adaptation that's completely in Japanese with subtitles. Oh, I yeah. Think you could do it. I think that could work. And people are just going to have to soak that up. I mean, that would be very true to the DNA of the series. Because, like, save for Judgment, like, there's no, like, English voice acting in, like, most of those games. Well, except for the famed PS2 uh, English voice acting track with Mark Hamill as Majima. That he forgot he even did. That he forgot that he ever <laughs> That was a fever did. dream for him. That he woke so up with an eye patch next to him in his bed. He's like, what? What did I do last year? <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, um, I, I, so it sounds like they want to do Kiryu's story, which, mm-hmm. awesome, great. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's the main story out of Yakuza still. I don't give a shit. He is the Yakuza. Yeah, I don't know whose story you choose to focus on unless you do a, a new character set in, mm-hmm. in that world still, and Kiru's just in it. Which timeline, though? Do you think that we they start with zero in the 80s? Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like they're trying to adapt anything from the 80s. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just like his first story in 95, probably modernized. Mm-hmm. Like when he probably. first goes to jail. When he first goes to prison. Mm-hmm. That would work. I think that would really work. Takes, takes the fall for his bro. Mm-hmm. Kiwami has a story that translates the film very easily. In fact, that's mm-hmm. what got me into the series. Like, I tried to play... I've probably said this a billion times. I tried to play Zero, like, when it first came out and just was hit with a wall of dialogue and slow pacing and obscure mini games, And I was just like, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And Kiwami distills it down to, like, here's a very simple beat-em-up story mm-hmm. in an open world with some sim elements. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it gets to the point. That's how you introduce audiences to Kiryu, but still sprinkle in that zaniness from across the series, I think. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I think that that franchise is is right for, like, hard thriller, melodrama, crime genre for the uh for film or tv even like you said and then like some of the zanier stuff like most movies have a good sense of like tension and release or like comic relief to kind of like pepper throughout to kind of make it not be too serious like this isn't a fucking david fincher movie like we can tone it down a little bit <laughs> what if they, what if david fincher <laughs> directs this one yeah but like i don't know i feel like uh if, if you're gonna do comedic stuff it has to be in doses like sure maybe, maybe with a character or maybe like just a fun like zany like I'm not thinking, like, how Avatar did it, where they did a flashback cut of, like, you know, how, like, Avatar The Last Airbender, I never talk about this movie, because it's not worth talking about. The movie. Yeah, but some of the campier, like, kind of zanier, like, moments that happened throughout the series of that first season, they did in kind of, like, a a montage scene. So, like, maybe you could have a wacky montage of Kiru doing whatever, but, like, I I would rather not see that. I would rather see, like, kind of a character and just kind of witty uh, writing throughout it that kind of Uh mirrors that feel. Yeah, in terms of like all the other stuff, like I don't, I don't know, I don't know. If you fill screen time with uh, with Kiru running like a fucking uh, host club or you know yeah. doing real estate management. Like I don't think that's gonna happen. You focus on like the kind of hypercut like Yakuza crime drama mm-hmm. and color in the world with the the humor around it. Yeah, like you run into the crazy characters like the sex yeah. pervert man, yeah, Mister Boner, who's a walking phallus, whatever he is. 
You've never seen him? Mm-mm. Totally naked guy, except for like um, he's wearing some tidy whities and he is the living in Mr. Libido. Mr. Libido. That's his name. He's the living embodiment of horniness. Oh. Yeah. Very disturbing. What about the diaper men? You oh, yeah. The diaper men as well. You like, fight a baseball team. What if we do a whole scene where the diaper men come in? I feel like you you have to have the diaper men in the At film. Least. Like one scene where it's just like, oh, Kiri gets knocked through a wall and there's diaper men waiting. <laughs> You're like, there we go. I feel like there's potential to do it very smartly like that. Like, mm. uh,. That kind of into the Spider-Verse kind of way, where it's like, do the fan nods because you know we all want it. That's like, a lot of, like, Yakuza is, uh, like, fan favors and fan stuff. So like Fan favors. Yeah, like... Wink, wink, nod, nod. <laughs> a little fan favor for you later. They're throwing stuff in there for the people who, <laughs> who, who, who want to see these things game after game after game. I don't know, and dude. That, a lot of recording artists get in trouble for fan favors. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um... Who would you see in this in this Kiru Kazuma role? I literally cannot cast this. Mm. <laughs> I can't cast this movie. I, I can't because there's there, there's no Western actors that you can put in this movie. Mm. This has to be a Japanese yeah. film. It, that means you have to source Japanese actors, yes. actors that we do not know about yeah. in in America because Hollywood would prefer it that way. There's a right way to do this film, mm-hmm. and like you need to get people that are close to the culture working on this mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, don't whitewash it. <laughs> do not whitewash this or fucking... Oh, my God. Oh, people would be pissed. What are they going to do? Fucking hire Scarlett Johansson as Kiryu? Like, could you oh, imagine? Man. What is this shit? She could play anything. She's got range. I would pick her for Majima if you if we had to do if it. we had to do it. She would be Majima, but... <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I would have no idea. You'd have to cast it totally out of Japan. Mm. That's the only way. D- no, make I, this I agree. authentic. I'm make right it all, Yeah, make it authentic. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I'm saying. I was like, no, 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 no. Don't do anything except for the fact that it's being bankrolled by an American company. Mm-hmm. Like, don't do anything different than you would do than make to make a Japanese movie. But, well, besides making it appeal to maybe a global audience, right? Mm-hmm. Take out maybe some of the... Well, don't take out the diaper men, but take out some of the weirder elements, right? There's a lot of weird stuff. There's some weird stuff like, in the Yakuza games. There's some very hard, um, judgmental things that don't track. Mm-hmm. Those dogs uh, don't fetch mm-hmm. in the West. That's fair. Thank you very much. And I'm pretty sure that's not going to be in the film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how they handle it. I, I want to see it too. Yeah. I want to see what they do. Although I would want a TV show. I think that would be awesome. I think that'd be very cool. Yeah. Oh, a continuing show with Kiryu would be fucking great. Yeah. Or like even seasons, you could do it like, okay, well, this is like kind of one era of his life. Maybe the Kiwami era. Here's Kiwami too. So on. For like, sure. There's a lot of like longevity with TV that you can get away with telling like multiple arcs yeah. that movie just movies can't do uh but i'm so excited for it yeah we'll okay. see i i honestly i hope it's one of those things where they have a good script they have a good cast and it markets well and sells well because like i don't know sometimes it's hard to sell like video game titles to audiences that's that, the that, thing that isn't resident evil because like, resident evil sells in the movies for some reasons well they're just selling the fact that <laughs> it's great to watch mila jovovich do a high kick sure it's fantastic sure. but 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 in this one, you don't even necessarily need to pivot around the fact that it's based on a video game. Mm-hmm. The idea of a crime story and Yakuza stories mm-hmm. or something that's not, like, going to totally pass over even a Western audience mm-hmm. in their head. Because, like, we've had some Yakuza things. We just prefer to stuff people like Jared Leto in them. This would be great not point. to have him as Kiryu. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're not even considering that talk right now. No. Do not cast Jared Leto as, as Kiryu. cast Jared Leto <laughs> as Kiryu or whatever at all costs. 
<laughs> yeah, but I, I, I think you could just sell it as a zany mm. Yakuza movie. Uh, that's fair. I think at this point, like, American audiences are at least inundated enough yeah. with, like, crime dramas, mafia dramas. Even. Sure. So, like, we, yeah, like, we get it. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's a mafia in Japan. That's mm. okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we can roll with that. So I think it'll be fun. Um, I just I just hope that they treat it respectfully, right? Which is to say, motherfucker, if I walk in and the whole thing's in English, I'll be like, you uh, didn't. Yeah, yeah, you fucked up. I, I wouldn't care for that too much. Yeah. And I got to at least see him beat up one dude with a bike or like a crazy oh, zany shit. thing. Like I had, there has to be zany fights. There has to be a popo. Yeah. The fucking, the, the little convenience store mm-hmm. that's in every title. There has to be karaoke. Bakamatai has, has to be in the yeah, film. If there's not a singing number in that movie. Like, yeah, you did it wrong. Bakamatai has to be in the film. It's a meme already in America. Like oh, yeah. it needs to be in the film. That that is the film. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm saying you can get away with that sort of yeah. like um, into the Spider Verse. Very like, referential. Kind of, very referential. Aware without of its it, DNA. Yeah, without it being like it. a 20 minute like uh, diversion. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I think you can. Some like you get a fan of the games to just integrate that into it, mm-hmm. and it'll feel natural because it won't to like an outsider. It won't even feel like just a reference to the games. It'll just feel like looking in at Japanese culture. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, they really like Harry, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think you could do it well. But number four, sir? Yeah, let's do it. Capcom is looking into releasing Resident Evil 8 Village for PS4 and Xbox One, but makes no promises. So during a TGS live stream event showcasing the survival horror sequel, producer, oh, <laughs> Suyoshi? Yeah, mm-hmm. probably Suyoshi. Yeah. Nice, nice. Suyoshi Kanata. Fuck! He gets the last name wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Fuck. Producer Suyoshi Kanda explained that, quote, (laughs) While Resident Evil Village is being developed specifically for next generation consoles and PC, we're looking into delivering the experience on Xbox One and PS4 as well. We're looking into it, but we can't make any promises. However, we will do our best in creating a top-tier survival horror experience on current generation consoles, end quote. Last week, famed Resident Evil leaker Dusk Gollum, a.k.a. the Aesthetic Gamer. Actually, uh, I'm going to make this official here. The Save Room is putting a bounty on Dusk Gollum. We want to know his real name. We will give you $25 um, or a digital copy of Tales of Berseria, if you can give us any information hmm. about the Dust Column. Capcom wants him. Actually, I'm, I'm more interested in the information on uh, Wario64. I want to know his name. I want to know about his life. <laughs> like, wanna... He's like a crazy wake all the time. Yeah, like, or... what's he doing? Yeah, what's going on How do you here? get all those affiliates? I just want to know these people. Yeah. That's all. That's all. No, no nothing nefarious. Yeah. I, I, didn't wanna... I don't want his I mean, head. I just put a head out on fucking uh, the Dust Column right It's here. just an information bounty. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works in 2020. This is an information bounty. Just an information bounty. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, so last week he spoke on the same, saying that Capcom was struggling to make certain next-gen features work on the PlayStation 5 version of the game, and were considering scaling it back in order to easily develop on current and last-gen. Isn't that weird, dude? We have to call PS4 and Xbox One last-gen now. Like, it's last-gen. If we're saying Mm current-gen, we mean the next-gen. Because it's now. Because it's now. That's how time works. We're still in the current gen. Well, not until November. 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 We have to say goodbye to the current gen. We're out of the gen. We're out of the gen. 
You pull out a gen. All right, so other tidbits revealed during the showcase include the fact that RE8 puts an emphasis on exploration and giving players the freedom to choose how they handle encounters. You'll also play as multiple characters throughout the campaign. Rumor has it we control Chris Redfield and a female villager. But my favorite shit to come out of the stream is director Muramasa Sato's summary of what village is about. Verbatim quote. I'm not kidding. Verbatim quote. Quote of the week. Oh my god. Village. It it takes Ethan as a human being. Ethan as a character. Village takes all the different aspects of Ethan and tells his whole story. I wanted to take the Ethan we started creating in Seven and see his story through to the end. I think that's at the core of what Village is. End quote. Well, <laughs> what? Yeah. Pretty extreme there, uh, Maramasa. <laughs> They're taking Ethan as a human being. They're stretching his core for for ten hours of gameplay, experience. telling his story <laughs> to the end. I'm, I'm riveted because I, I didn't really get much of a story in seven. He was very much a non-character. <laughs> actually, he was intended to be a non-character. Yeah. They just started writing dialogue for him, and they're like, "Oh, he's actually kind of interesting." Now mm-hmm. that we we did this, so I guess they're going you know harder into who he is as a person mm-hmm. in part eight, which I think is fine because here's something that's super important about Resident Evil that I think people don't think about very often characters Mm -hmm. we've had the same characters for 25 years the 25th anniversary is next year Mm -hmm. the same characters is the reason it's not because they're the greatest out there but it's the fact that it chooses to have characters that are consistent and a part of it you know that we feel like oh we're walking into the horror with the framing of this person a chris Mm -hmm. or a jill or a claire or leon and such and so for part seven to walk back on that and then suddenly throughout the even throughout its own campaign start to develop as a character and just going fuck we can't escape it (laughs) yeah because he was i think that's the thing that you run into with first person games where it's like you were supposed mm. to immerse yourself in that character gordon freeman style yeah, yeah you were that character so to do that is to take away the essence of who ethan really is but as that story unfolds and you learn more about mia and his involvement with her then it's like yeah no he's getting characterized mm-hmm. along the way but it felt like it in some ways it was like an afterthought or maybe that's how they meant to play yeah. it, like a slow hand where it's like okay you're not supposed to know much about him until you know everything about him. Right. For this game to deep dive into like everything about him, his psyche, his his it, world. It very much, tick. yeah, it very much feels like, well, we as as creators, we couldn't escape wanting to tell yeah. this character as a character. Sure. So fuck it. Let's just fix that in part eight. Mm-hmm. He's a full on character. He has a wife. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And it'd be interesting, I think, playing as different characters because you have the opportunity to see who Ethan Winters is rather than being him the entire time. Yes. So that'll be interesting. But... This sounds like it's going to be a long game. Oh, yeah. By the way. Multiple characters, mm-hmm. big exploration. Side questy sort of stuff. Uh, Ethan as a human being. Right. <laughs> you, got, you need at least five hours for the core story. About yeah. Him. Like, what's what's going on here? <laughs> Village at its core. <laughs> the fact that you can really play it kind of in, in multiple ways. Like, there's no mm. one way to play it right or wrong in terms of sequencing of events. Or that's really cool. That, yeah, that's, that's different. I think we're probably looking at the, the longest Resident Evil uh next to six yeah i would say four is probably longest still well wait no no, you're right six is long yeah six is long as hell but six repeats itself Mm -hmm. (laughs) you see the same events like over and over from different perspectives i mean how much of that is going to happen in this game how much of it are you going to see from like 
Ethan's perspective and then the female protagonist's like perspective is just kind of seeing what happened to Ethan, you know. I could see him doing stuff like that. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't see them doing it where it's like you pick a character that being getting Oh no, no, no. Like they're going to integrate It's very it narrative. Like, yeah, yeah. Totally. Much like 7 was where it's like okay, you have the beats where you played as Ethan and then you play as Mia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You play as other Zoe. characters. Yeah, Zoe. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for for Village, I definitely, I, I want to see less of it at this point. Yeah, I'm uh, good. Like, I don't need to see <laughs> anything else. If you want to throw me, like, a cool trailer that's either, or not trailer, you want to throw me a cool demo that's either, like, a cross-section of the game or something like um, how they did with Seven, which was, like, what, the beginning hour, midnight hour, all that. Mm-hmm. Like, that was really interesting where it's, like, takes place in a part of the game, but it's not what you're doing in the game. Yeah, all. yeah. It's kind of like a vertical slice of the game that doesn't exist within the game, which is yeah. really cool. I like that philosophy a lot. I, I do, too, because it doesn't spoil the experience, but it mm-hmm. gives you a taste of what it is in its essence yeah i i would love to see that i would love to see if they have the time to do that mm-hmm. uh it sounds like they're just struggling against next gen <laughs> technology right yeah now. Okay, so to go back to like, the original point of like mm-hmm. this whole bullet point is yeah I, I don't know i think despite them saying oh we're trying i i still think it's to dusk alms credit like you said initially where it's like yeah they're struggling to do this mainly on the ps5 edition yeah. so that's <laughs> so, why they're like ah fuck <laughs> maybe we can kind of scale back and if we can scale back we can release it on uh last gen is mm. what we're gonna call it now yeah so i'm just like I-, I could see that i wonder if it's like if the budget got inflated and they're like we really need to offset these costs like can we really release uh resident evil 8 on a brand new console instead of like an established one Mm -hmm. you know where that has a a user base that's huge across xbox one and ps4 yeah because i don't remember any other mainline resident evil coming out toward a launch of a console not in recent memory yeah i mean like six was close towards the end of like the ps3's launch it was at the end yeah yeah yeah. so there was no overlap really like that and it was still before last of us exactly yeah oh that's crazy to think isn't it yeah yeah hmm We'll see. I wonder what there's... Oh, to be a fly in the wall <laughs> near the bathroom at Capcom. <laughs> oh, I'm excited for this one. What, what, when's it supposed to come out? Like holiday 2021? Uh, the the rumor was, or Dusk Gollum slash the Aesthetic Gamer said it was actually supposed to be a January release for 2021. Mm. But I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, yeah. I but they so. Capcom hasn't said when it's coming out. Just said next year. Mm. Mm. I wouldn't be mad if we got it by like March or April. Yeah, we've uh, the last three years we've had um, well, last two years I, I should say we've had Not early even. year uh, twenty nineteen and tw- oh this year yeah I would say like 2017, 2019, 2020, It's it's all been like yeah it's been earlier but like it earlier. creeps up in the months where it's like what seven was in January Resident Evil two remake was in. F- what, January, January, so January February ish no, it was January uh, end of January and then three was what March that April? was April so. yeah. We'll see. So early year REs. I guess they don't want to get buried by whatever the fuck Call of Duty. Or... Yeah, yeah, you don't want to get buried in uh, that avalanche of like blockbuster AAA fall games. Although summer wouldn't be bad. Summer's always a sweet spot. Summer's like, great for scares. Yeah, summer's yeah. great for scares. It's great for backlog and, and new experiences. And so. summer dresses. And summer dresses. They blow in the wind yeah. and soft supple skin. You had a very different huh. take for this. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I want to play this game. But 2021 so far away, Daniel. If I wanted to hear about number five, where would I go? Uh, you would go to the Google Doc on your phone. Ah, here we go. Number five. Now, full disclosure, I work for Amazon. Uh, I don't know anything about Amazon's game division because I don't work there. Kevin. So Amazon reveals their cloud gaming service, Luna, 
And I guess we're supposed to be over the moon about it. Because of Luna. That's clever. Because it means moon in Spanish. It does. French. Spanish? La Luna? They're romance languages. They live in the same apartment. Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) Amazon. (laughs) And they were roommates. Amazon's long rumored foray into the game streaming space is called Luna and will compete against the likes of Microsoft's xCloud and Google Stadia. Uh, We actually had to call around to figure out if Stadia is in fact still a thing. Uh, The answer was yes, followed by I think. (laughs) It's unclear when the service will officially launch, but users can request early access today for $5.99 a month luna lets you stream games like control resident evil 7 and bloodstained ritual of the night to your pc mac fire tv and web apps for iphone and ipad mm. now that's a big thing because i think xcloud couldn't get on ios and they found like a way to do this mm. apparently luna addresses stadia's biggest mea culpa is it mea culpa culpa Mia Koopa is Bowser's daughter. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> Luna addresses Stadia's biggest Mia Koopa. Mia Koopa? Why did I write it if I can't say it? <laughs> I don't know because you thought it'd be fancy. Fucking idiot. Anyway, Mia Koopa in that you, you don't have to purchase games individually, okay? Mm. Beyond the base titles available to you, users can subscribe to different channels. For example, Ubisoft will have its own channel you can sign up for to play the latest Assassin's Creed and games that have Tom Clancy's name on them despite the lack of a corresponding book from the dead author. Now, Amazon is selling a Luna controller for about 50 bucks that is incredibly familiar if you own a Nintendo Switch Pro controller. I, I do. Uh, it, it, you know what? If you if you squint, you think you have an Amazon controller. Well. Now, but, 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 you can also use an Xbox One or PS4 controller, Mm. or even mouse and keyboard if you feel so inclined. Luna runs on AWS because, duh, and will stream titles at 1080p resolution with 60 frames per second support. 4K is on the way, but not at launch. And of course, the service has deep Twitch integration because, duh, and that lets subscribers broadcast while playing or immediately play what they're watching, which is kind of cool, right? That's awesome. You're just like, fucking, I'm playing Hades or yeah. what, what have you, right? Now, Daniel, 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 does this excite you for the cloud-based future? Uh, I, I mean, I'm not one that's kind of obsessed with this tech-driven, cloud-obsessed future. I think it's cool. I think if any company's going to do it right, it's going to be Amazon, because AWS is, like, fucking everywhere. Yeah. It's in this room with us right now. Very likely. You know, and um, I, I think they definitely have a leg up on on google with stadia kind of out of the gate because of that i think it's interesting that's kind of pay as you go like there's no like base thing you have to buy it's literally just a subscription service and a controller if you want a controller yeah six bucks (laughs) and then you're basically just adding other subscriptions kind of like what hulu does for like hbo max and stuff like that and you're subscribing to these different channels we Mm -hmm. only know that it's like hey here's an idea for your channel one publisher's uh catalog Mm -hmm. of games yeah and i mean if you get the right publishers you have the benefit of having a lot of games per channel at that point they already have capcom the, yeah they already have capcom mm-hmm. i, I, EA I guess you have them. remedy to an extent 505 games yeah. the, the publisher which uh publishes that yeah, yeah yeah they have them too which also means payday and a couple of other titles mm-hmm. are available there 
Yeah, I mean, this is exciting for people who aren't me or you, because like we, yes. we're, we're already playing these experiences like on you know proprietary consoles with physical get discs, physical uh-huh. games. I think a lot of for for you and I, like maybe this cloud future is like interesting to see happen and to see how it's going to develop. But like a lot of the cloud streaming services we're going to get are already integrated into the consoles we have, like you know Sony with PS Now, whatever you know PlayStation Now Plus is going to be, and then fucking Game uh, Pass, yeah, Game Pass for yeah. Xbox. So it's like that's how we know it that's how we're gonna interact with it i think Mm -hmm. uh but it's cool to see this happen and kind of like you were saying before this gives like maybe like the more casual mobile gamer or somebody who's not like you know into buying 500 hundred dollar consoles the chance to experience new things which is really neat Mm -hmm. so yeah and i think the product manager even said that about it where he says we're obviously not going after the people that are like dedicated core gamers Mm -hmm. that already have a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox One. We're going after the people that play like mobile games and hear about these experiences that they that they don't have access to. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, your Assassin's Creed and think, "Hey, I would love to play something like that without like dropping 500 for a console mm-hmm. and dropping $60 for that one game that I don't know whether or not I will like." Mm-hmm. So, with the subscription, they get the opportunity to be like, "Hey, let me see if it's good." For us, it's like well, the pratfalls of streaming are always going to be a thing that yeah, stops exactly. me from wanting to like engage with it, right? In fact, I prefer Game Pass because I can download those games exactly. and not worry about my fucking internet connection in the middle of like you know smacking around some fools in um name again name again Fortnite. Name again, name again. Fortnite. Wait, that's not a game. <laughs> <laughs> you said name a game. Yeah, you you did. You went. You, you got it. <laughs> but um, I I think this is a huge leg up over Stadia, of course. Oh, yeah. Because of the simple concept of six bucks, easy entry, use your own controller. We're not forcing you to get mm-hmm. anything. We're not even forcing you to get Chromecast. Mm-hmm. Just that's it. Yeah, no device, no proprietary controller, just the service, which is just really service, cool. Dog. Yeah, it, that's such a low overhead because it's like they already own the AWS technology. They they own their own version of streaming. So right. like, it's done. That's ready. It's it's all there. Um, <laughs> right? Now now it's just them kind of forming bonds depending on how they want to expand like i I imagine there are a a number of companies that would want to willingly work with amazon obviously because it's like they're super high visibility and you know that's that's a money shell company for any developer Mm -hmm. at that point Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um i would be interested to see how they kind of develop for themselves on this platform with like amazon game studios and all that yeah it's a good question like uh is like new world gonna show up on there Mm -hmm. um the other thing that i don't i forget the name of um yeah maybe i i imagine it's gonna be like the netflix formula where it's like okay we're gonna get like kind of stuff that we really like and then after a while it's like every other game we see on there is gonna be an amazon game exclusive i don't know if we're <laughs> maybe if, yeah. if they like down the line yeah i would say they're still like 10 years out from doing something like that because mm-hmm. they just haven't proven from their game studio front that they have that kind of output mm-hmm. or well interest by the way remember when they launched um i think it was new world mm-hmm. like it, it officially launched and it dropped down to like less than 500 players consecutively Jeez. like within a week and so they just like they de-launched it they de-launched the fucking game dude jesus you like are you crazy they de-launched it to work on it more and i'm just like i feel like you, you already got your your pulse on that game yeah. people don't want it so uh yeah i think it would be perfect if amazon was set up to do something like that well, for them, I don't think it's perfect. But I mean, like, yeah, it, my thing is, like, I, I don't know why they just don't lean into it. They they obviously have the money. It's like one of the wealthiest companies like in the world. And you have people who work for Amazon who would be interested in like doing that sort of thing. So just make it happen. Yeah, know? I think the problem is that 
Amazon would prefer to do everything proprietary. Sure. Um, rather than do something like what Microsoft just did in our next story, mm-hmm. buying people that already know how to make games. Mm-hmm. I think that's what should like yeah. that's what Amazon Game Studios should be, where it's like let's actually make very precise acquisitions of people that are experts in their field, rather than trying mm-hmm. to build our own super crew that for some reason falls apart. I mean, that's what Google did. So, well, what's Google doing at all? I've heard about their fucking game studio, and I'm just like, nothing happened. Yeah, I mean, you had like Jade Raymond, you had all these big yeah, names, I- and like. Nothing really came of it. I mean, I big guess, for nothing. I, I guess too, like maybe a lot of how that launch happened took the wind out of them, and it's like maybe they didn't have enough like funding moving forward with it to move forward on projects as quickly as they would have liked it. And then COVID happened, mm-hmm. so like it all happened within six months, like the That's launch, true. COVID, and then like where the games industry is at now with a lot of things. So it just seems like Stadia was particularly designed to fail. Yeah, every component was made to fail. I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> like i truly don't understand just a simple idea like i'm sitting here like just thinking about this going wow it really is stupid that you think i should pay for a subscription and then buy games a la carte mm-hmm. are you fucking clown shoes yeah. i'm only going to do that from the one of t- three companies at this point <laughs> sony nintendo or microsoft right i'm not I, doing it for you google at that point it's like i'd if i wasn't like a console player already i'd be like i'd rather just get a console and buy things a la carte exactly. there and not deal with streaming mm-hmm. like what like what but we'll see it seems like they're really taking their time they don't want to the, everything's gonna be early access they don't want to say here's the date that we're gonna try to race towards mm-hmm. like google did just to say that they launched something mm-hmm. they're saying no 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 no. and when it's ready it's ready is basically their idea behind luna mm-hmm. so i think I, there's something to that yeah slow I, and steady on this I, I think it has more merit out the gate than google does uh because google even had a history of things that they tried to launch with and then kind of didn't fully back or or do anything with yeah you no know, they like have a lot a of their laundry lists <laughs> like google glass holy <laughs> like shit. shit so like that's a shit ton of tech dude mm-hmm, just to kind just... of throw out <laughs> yeah no no no, no 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 well anyway that's all really i had in my head yeah. about it like it we i just we heard rumors for a long time and when it mm-hmm. finally happened i was like oh okay there it is <laughs> like that's how i felt mm-hmm. there it is cool i'm gonna wait for a playstation 5 yeah i'm <laughs> going to as well because i already have enough subscription as it is i already have these games on other consoles so i'm God, just like game pass i don't use yeah shit exactly if only game pass worked on my playstation 5 uh, we're, we're nearing that future i think where Sony phil's gonna never... just like slip like fucking all the money to sony to make it happen no way <laughs> dude something horrible has to happen it's gotta be like the ending of old boy for that to happen <laughs> who's the old boy phil <laughs> i don't want it i didn't know where to go with that one <laughs> all right give I me just... number six uh, now that now that we're talking microsoft let's talk number six number six <laughs> phil spencer was thrown into prison for about 20 years where he did he just did push-ups and dreamed of revenge <laughs> no cosima <Kazuma> spencer <laughs> <laughs> number six microsoft bought bethesda that's the fucking title. Well, well, they bought ZeniMax Media, to be exact, who owns Bethesda. So it's like the corporate equivalent to a shark eating a pregnant lady because it wanted to own Elder Scrolls. Okay. <laughs> Do you agree? That's surely an expression. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I felt clever writing it. Microsoft, <laughs> Microsoft acquired Bethesda's parent company for $7.5 billion, which is $3.5 billion more than what disney spent on star wars that's a true fact for you daniel that's true but together mm-hmm. between star wars and marvel 
Yeah. That was a cool eight billion. That so okay. Yeah. We got a point five. We got a point five. That's a little mess over that. That that <laughs> was worth it for uh, Iron Man alone. Huh? All right. Let's see. His, this historic deal gives Microsoft ownership over Arcane Studios, Bethesda Softworks, ID Software, Machine Games, Roundhouse Studios, Tango GameWorks, and Zenimax Online Studios. Holy shit! It's a lot. These studios have developed titles such as Doom, Wolfenstein, Fallout, The Elder Scrolls, The Evil Within, Dishonored, and Prey. Hell, Microsoft owns whatever's left of Prey 2. Whichever basement they lock the code in is officially theirs. That That's theirs now, dude. Microsoft now owns unreleased projects like Bethesda's next Elder Scrolls and their new sci-fi RPG Starfield, which I always want to say Starfeld when I see it. I yeah, don't know why. It's just the succession of, of words as a combined word. Starfeld. Starfeld. <laughs> I'm going to play a Starfeld. So Xbox has already confirmed that Bethesda titles will come to Game Pass the day and date they release that's which awesome is a huge thing in a blog post about the announcement phil don't pass on game pass spencer said <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> he said quote bethesda's games have always had a special place on xbox and in the hearts of millions of gamers around the world our teams have a close and storied history working together end quote fun anecdote they did like a little announcement thing where todd howard and um what's the boss of bethesda what's his name again uh Pete Hines? Pete Hines. Pete Hines was sitting there with Major Nelson and uh, Philly Spence, and they were talking about how in order to deal with their memory issues with Morrowind on the original Xbox, Mm -hmm. some of their loading screens were actually a facade for the fact that they were hard resetting the console to clear out the memory. Interesting. So players wouldn't notice that was what was happening on the Xbox. That's a a good trick. Yeah, it's a good cheat (laughs) is what it is. I just found that funny. Now, Phil says the Big M will honor previous exclusivity deals like Arcane's Deathloop and Tango's uh, Ghostwire Tokyo coming to PS5 as timed exclusives. But future releases on non-Xbox systems will be on a case-by-case basis. Wow. Goodness gracious. What a fucking dick on the table buyout this was that's a big percentage of western games being owned by one company Mm -hmm. this like actually kind of like doubles their studio holdings at this point yes it does (laughs) yes it does that's insane so they were making one by one acquisitions you know Mm -hmm. things like uh ninja theory Mm -hmm. and obsidian obsidian Mm -hmm. and such they just went in for a fucking grab bag when it came to Zenimax, right? I wonder what their thought process was for it. Is it like, do they really, do they want to snag up a very acclaimed Western studio in terms of like RPGs? Mm-hmm. Or was it really like the promise of future IP and tech and all this other stuff? I, I'd have to say that I think um, it's a little bit of both. Obviously, the, the, uh, I wouldn't even say the fucking icing on the... No, 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 no. If we're thinking in cake terms, we need to rethink cakes. Sure. It's in the cloud, first of all. Okay. Two, it's not just the fucking icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. It is the motherfucking bulk of the cake. It is the flavor of the cake. It is the cake itself when we're talking about Bethesda's RPG catalog. Mm-hmm. They wanted that the most. I can tell you that they wanted that the most, mm-hmm. but Bethesda and Zenimax overall has done something very shrewd and very great for gaming, which is they... they the single point of failure that is Bethesda has been turned into a roster of studios working on mm-hmm. titles like Doom mm-hmm. and Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein that aren't just Bethesda. Mm-hmm. That's fucking perfect for Microsoft, right? Because they're just like, cool, we have a whole litany of these uh, mm-hmm. actors working on games that we can crank out all the time. Mm-hmm. Shore up Game Pass with shit like Dishonored 3, if that ever fucking happens. A new Prey. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, 
dude, the advertising alone. Think of the advertising alone. Like big old Xbox logos over Elder Scrolls Six. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's gonna be a big uh, advantage for them for sure. Yes. And definitely, 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 the day and date aspect of like Games Pass is like huge for this. No, oh, yeah. The the fact that like uh, Doom Eternal is like coming to Games Pass like I think the first week of October. Yeah, like already. Like that's pretty awesome. Already the benefits yeah. are like happening here, right? So I mean, I think we're gonna see a lot of immediate benefits from it as gamers, but then over time, it's like, all right, once the exclusivity of it all kicks in. We'll see how that kind of works. Yeah, I think the the real big question is, would Microsoft really disallow a new Fallout or a new Elder Scrolls from coming out on PlayStation? That's the question that, mm. that I know PlayStation players are asking themselves. And I don't know. I go both ways on that because yeah. I feel like if you look at Microsoft and how they treated Minecraft, they never ripped it down from mm-hmm. like Switch or any of the other things. In fact, they released on these consoles. Mm-hmm. And they've shown to have a working relationship in the past with Nintendo as well for things like Ori. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're willing to play ball, but mm-hmm. I feel like the most that we're going to get is a timed exclusive. The worst we're going to get is nothing mm-hmm. for PlayStation. That would be crazy. Yeah. They I, could do it. I think it's crazy, but they could do it. it. It depends on what it is. I feel like new IP, yes. Like, I, th- I think it would be totally, like foreseeable for them to take something like starfield make it an xbox exclusive or like take like an ip from arcane or id or machine games and make like a you know an xbox dna exclusive game or maybe Mm -hmm. take like people are talking about like taking established like xbox ip that they're not using now and throwing it to these studios like fucking like which would be dark or like other stuff like that so like there's so much like cross-pollination happening with like having all these studios in house now that they could really do anything with Mm -hmm. um i i do think it would not play in their favor to take like franchises like Fallout and Elder Scrolls and make them exclusive because like you you only like reap gain from having that as on as many consoles as possible right. and also that's in alignment with like what Phil's about these days which is play anywhere like we're more about an ecosystem and like a, a sphere of playing gaming wherever you want versus exclusivity we're still mm-hmm. doing it but like it's not like the way Sony's doing it you know, Sony's yeah. a lot more bullish about their exclusivity. So, I mean, me being hopeful, yeah, like timed exclusives for stuff like, okay, like maybe a year this game's exclusive on Microsoft. We still see that a lot. And then, you know, next year we get it on PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. That's the hope. But we'll see what happens. I, I honestly think that's how it's going to play out for some of the bigger titles where mm-hmm. it's like, yo, this this is coming to PlayStation, but not now. <laughs> if you want it now, you're going to have to get an Xbox mm-hmm. or PC. And definitely Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter what, you're going to have to get Game Pass. That kind yeah. of thing. I could see them doing that. But it would be interesting to see what titles would be wholly Xbox. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not not on Sony, not on Switch, you know? Like, mm-hmm. who? what's going what's gonna to be the first one, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, th- I think we'll really see. Because Obsidian, right, with... Uh, what game is that? Grounded? Grounded, yeah. yeah. That's an exclusive. Yeah. But would they it's- do it for a game like Fallout New Vegas 2? Or, like, whatever that new Fallout would be. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Everyone's like, oh, now Obsidian's going to do New Vegas yeah. too. And I'm just like, no, nah, they're not. I guarantee you they're not. I don't know that they care about it enough. I don't think, I think they liked working with us for with anything. Us at all. Yeah. For anything, it's it's the excitement of Microsoft having all these like sister and, you know, brother studios together in the same house again. Right. It's like, well, now they could just share all that talent, do anything they want with it. <laughs> Right, right. For sure, yeah. Cross-pollinate however they want. The other the other thing that um, people are talking about, they're like, well, can Microsoft help 
Bethesda be better at their bugs and stuff like that. Like, and, and it does bring up a good question. I think overall, I don't think we're going to see much change in how Bethesda mm-hmm. operates, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder about things like, would Microsoft have let a game like Fallout 76 release? Like, if, if they caught wind of like what, the, what it was at launch state mm-hmm. and like before it came out, would they would have been like, hey, Todd, nah. <laughs> you know because like they delayed halo because they're like no their biggest motherfucking ip mm-hmm. they're like this is not ready for the world yeah let's delay it <sighs> would they have done like would they are they going to be the ones coming in and going like bethesda i know you're trying to be bethesda mm-hmm. but uh no or maybe if it is one of those things where like they want to maybe launch a game like kind of an alpha or early for like the first month maybe just throw it on games pass let people test it get some right. feedback on it and then like cool we had kind of a soft like launch and feedback period with it. Next month, we're going to actually do the physical launch of it right. or, or whatever. I, I, th- I think we've definitely got into this era now in 2020 and, and late 2019 of publishers and developers being more cognizant of launch dates, not just rushing to put a thing out just because and having to fix it after the fact. Not Crystal Dynamics. Yeah, not Crystal Dynamics. God, that that thousand bug patch thing Jesus that they fucking released Christ. yeah um yeah i don't know it's it's hard to tell i think halo's a different case halo's coveted maybe to a point they're gonna let bethesda be autonomous and let them do their own thing yeah but we'll see i mean studios in the past have had kind of fraught relationships and, and working synergy with uh, microsoft I yeah mean, uh, bungie bungie historically yeah. did not like so. being under microsoft's thumb for sure not mm-hmm. they they honestly were very excited. They were like, their bargaining chip was like, have Halo, we're gone. That That's how you can tell you fucking hate working for somebody where it's like, yeah, yeah, have our biggest cash cow, buy. We're going to try to forge our own path because we hate you. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, that, that says a lot about like their yeah. history with, with Microsoft. But I think it was a definitely definitely a different regime when Bungie was working under Microsoft. Sure. Yeah. And Phil wasn't as powerful as he was mm-hmm. or as he is now. Yeah, I think the era of uh, benevolent Phil... Uh, yeah, it's it's a different time, and I think it's a prosperous time for for Microsoft and a lot of the studios with under their umbrella. I like to call it the Philly Dynasty, the, the Philistine. <laughs> the Phil- Wait, no, I don't know if it's the Philistine. <laughs> uh, I met him once. I told you that, right? Yeah, he's a nice guy. That's it. How tall is he? Not extremely tall. Mm. Probably a little shorter than me. So, like series X size or series <laughs> S. <laughs> oh man yeah i think i think he's somewhere in between the s and the x sure, for okay. sure oh that reminds me i didn't get the right about it but apparently during the pre-order fervor for the xbox series x uh people were getting very confused about what they were purchasing and the sales rank on amazon for the xbox one x mm-hmm. <laughs> went up by like 700 percent by mistake yes <laughs> You knew that branding was going to bite you in the ass eventually. It's the worst name for a fucking console ever, dude. You put a number on it. I wonder who was most at fault with that. Because I don't think like hardcore gamers fuck that up. I don't know. I think they overthink their naming schemes because they're trying to follow that Apple um, kind of thing of like, mm-hmm. here's the Apple 11S and X and XR shit like that. And yeah. That and thinking it would be cool. It's like, it's cool to have an X with another X, right? And it just makes it more fucking confusing. No, it's only cool if it's a fucking Roman numeral. It's only cool when you know what you're buying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, if I don't know what I'm buying, then it's just, it's buyer confusion. Yeah, like, they, honestly, these things should have, like, distinct names, like Xbox mm. Renegade or fucking Xbox Prodigy. What were the other ones? Like, Anaconda? 
Those are the code names, yeah, but yeah. yeah, like that would be a silly yeah. ass. Well, and then there was another one that was pretty cool. Um, Lockhart. Lock- that's a cool name. Lockhart is a great. Like, that's name. a dope fucking name for that, a console. That's a name that somebody should have fought for and yeah. been like, you know what? We're actually calling it the Xbox Lockhart because it'll lock your heart when you get it. There you go. Boom, bitch. Phil, are you hearing this guy? <laughs> Phil, we're, we're pretty close. He's yeah. in Redmond, we're, dude. We could walk there. We can fucking we won't, hang out, but we dude. Could. I didn't. I didn't directly call you short, Phil. <laughs> We can still chill, yeah. dude. Get some brewskis. Play some Halo. <laughs> Play some Halo. <laughs> yeah. So, well, cool. I, I want to see what comes of yeah. this. I want to see original stuff that comes from this. Exactly. Right? Like, I'm interested for the long haul of like what this looks like for their studios down the line. For sure. But it does, no matter what way you slice this, this mm-hmm. does make Xbox and the future of Xbox a much more attractive prospect. They finally got the games. Right? Well, like, they I, finally... They got... they fuck <laughs> but how many of these games were already kind of like available on xbox like all their acquisition was stuff that was already kind of there yeah, yeah. Uh, but now it's just like okay what's going to be exclusive and what's going to be like flashier and better housed in xbox versus like you know playstation at this point it's uh it's a, it's a very interesting acquisition and uh i think it, in my head i laughed about the fact that maybe this is their gotcha uh at sony for acquiring insomniac <laughs> May, yeah, <laughs> Taking yeah insomniac away from them that took yeah you, you got spidey huh? Yeah. huh we're gonna take everything we're gonna take the world <laughs> yeah yeah that's and i <laughs> they do the thanos snap and they take half uh, of sony's uh, catalog away well, let me ask you before we wrap this up if sony were to make a similar move what publisher should they acquire capcom nice Cap- I, yeah capcom or konami but the the problem with konami is like a lot of those ip are like kind of stagnating <laughs> I, I think it would be a very attractive prospect for them to collect konami and just like mm-hmm. gut house mm-hmm. gut house and say no we're making games again dog <laughs> and we're using those ips mm-hmm. the way that we want to i think that would be a huge get i don't even think it's one thing that they need to do mm-hmm. you're right it would be like grab capcom grab konami mm-hmm. grab sega Oh, Sega would be huge. I would say grab Sega. You already have that synergy with Persona and, yeah. and other titles, with and Yakuza, Atlas, was, Yakuza was Sony forever. Grab Sega, mm-hmm. and that's how you fight. But this is not good for consumers. That's the problem. No, because then it's, you're doing that more bipartisan exclusivity again. Right. right <laughs> I would actually say I don't want anybody to do anything like mm-hmm. this again. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want them to be independent, and, and games should be multi-platform. Yeah, I honestly don't think of a company. I can't think of a company that's as big as a. Uh, bethesda zenimax in that in that fashion capcom is pretty big yeah uh, but i i think they could probably buy them out for less (laughs) Uh, yes far less (laughs) than 7.5 billion dude Dude, this is the biggest buyout we've seen like like you said like respectively the media the the marvel and star wars acquisitions were like 4 billion each insomniac was like what 22 million or 220 million something like that and that's like I mean, that was a lot just for Spider-Man, right. basically. So, and Ratchet and Clank, obviously. But this is, yeah, this is huge. <laughs> yeah, I just hope for one thing, mm-hmm. one thing, that now that Bethesda is underneath Xbox's roof, mm-hmm. that means we don't have to have B three anymore because that shit's so stupid, such oh a waste God. of fucking time. I don't want to see fucking Fallout Shelter for four, fourteen fucking minutes. I don't give a shit, Todd. <laughs> I don't give a shit, okay? Just wrap your shit up into Xbox's presser and be done. Yes. Okay? That's a, I hadn't even thought about that. I just... b 3 so No more B3. So annoying. Yes. <laughs> it's just the thing they were doing just because they thought they could do it. <laughs> really, though? Unless unless Todd and Phil are like their, their ego strokers. And he's like, all right, Todd, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> whatever you want. No more B3. No more B3. <laughs> <laughs> well, sir... 
I think we can close it. We, I think so. we got real. Cl- Damn, almost an hour. Yeah, we lied. We lied we to lied. our audience. Uh, we lied. That's still good. It's good shortness, though. Yeah. As long as we're under an hour and a half. Our last two were like two hour bangers between yes. like our live episode and our yes. like Avengers review. <laughs> it's like fuck. So, but we'll learn how to do an hour in, in mm-hmm. podcasting within an hour. One hundred two. There we go. <laughs> Wait, what did we even teach them on this one? What was the what was the trick? That sometimes best laid plans fail in the face of the encroaching inevitability of time. Yeah. That, that's a good one to leave them with. By 17 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been Kevin. And then you say I've been Daniel. No, no, you've definitely been Kevin. You brought your Kevin energy, you brought oh. your gamer hat, you brought everything about you. Yeah. And I just brought me, Daniel, as I as I always do. And together we're the sa- the super save room brothers. <laughs> <laughs> you can catch us on Twitter at Save Room Show. Sometimes we use it. Sometimes. Most times on Twitch. There's no save room branding for Twitch. No, so. I- that was my thought, actually, after, like, episode 100 to just, like, snatch up the it's URL. Fine. So if somebody does it as a joke at this point, like, we'll up. buy it for 25 bucks It'd if you really do it. Up. But if you get it before us, then I guess you got it, you know? And then another 25 for Dust Golem's head. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you can find us separately, Kevin, like you said, at twitch.tv slash the writer and me at twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels. We are going to be there for you guys in the video mm-hmm. sense for as long as you will let us be. Um, mm-hmm. until, we at least got another 15 episodes in us. At, at least. <laughs> I mean, if 2020 takes anything else from me, it's 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 going to take time and it's going to take uh, my life and my years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's what years do. <laughs> that's, what, that's what years do. <laughs> that's what years do. Well, guys, thank you. We appreciate you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>